Welcome to the Double A Sports Podcast, minor league feel with major league discussion. Here are your hosts, Alan and Alan. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Double A Sports Podcast. We are your hosts, Alan and Alan. So what's going on, bud? Not much, man. Uh, just wanted to say happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Right. <laughs> Mr. Bonilla, you set the example for future contracts everywhere. Yeah, I mean, if anything, he definitely had a smart advisor. Oh, his agent set him up. And then now, you know, with like Ryan Zimmerman, Max Scherzer, and other, you know, mostly it's all baseball because there's no Harper, salary cap. Right? Um, I don't know. No, I think none uh, of his I th- deferred. I thought he was going to defer. No, he oh, didn't man. want deferred. Uh, I think that's what it was. Oh, uh, that's what it was. He yeah, didn't want Nationals deferred. offered deferred and they didn't want to do it. Look, man, I don't I don't care how you look at it. If you had a bad spending habits, that's a good way to go because Bobby Bonilla is going to get paid until he's like 72, I think. Right? Turned $5 million into yeah. like 30. Crazy. Like, uh, good, but, yeah. Speaking yeah, of man. money. <laughs> <laughs> first things first, uh, before we get into the details of this season that we can finally get to talk about, we got to talk about some money and contracts actually first. Yeah, man. Uh, so it looks like uh, the first thing we want to talk about is this year's number one pick. The Tigers picked Spencer Torkelson. And guess what? He got paid. What happened, Alan? So pretty much he signed for the record signing bonus for a MLB player at $8.4 million to sign his contract with the Tigers. Wow. And is going to be part of the this season's pool play that we'll go into later. About. So how long is the contract for? Um, It's... It doesn't really say, you know, it's more so, you know, the service time. So I don't know exactly the details. It's well, more of a, the biggest thing is the signing bonus when you're drafted. And that one's a big one. Right. Right. You got a record $8.4 million on that. Um, that's pretty, that's pretty good, man. That's, that's a, that's a lot of, a, that's a gamble. Yeah. Uh, Cause you never know how they're going to turn out. No. Like previous record was last year with the Orioles with, um, Rutschman, um, at the number two pick at 8.1. So, and then the previous record total for a draft deal is Strasburg at 15.1 million, 7.5 million with signings, and then they did like a deferred three payments of two and a half million from 09 to January 11. Cool. So, you're saying last year was a record at the number two spot. What the number one guy get? He got paid less? Um, if I remember correctly, last year, who had number one pick last year? I don't remember. <laughs> I think. If I remember correctly, Kansas City did, I think. Oh, no, no. Orioles was number one last year, and then Kansas City, too. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Number two was a high schooler, uh, okay. Bobby Witt. Yeah, that's right. So he was the number one pick last year. So he got $300,000 more. Yeah, do you guys think he's worth it? Let us know. Right? So the next thing we could talk about, which is no shocker. Like, we all saw this coming with the season being go you know with the pandemic is minor league baseball has officially now been canceled yeah man you know i'm over here showing love for my tides right here uh we this season is canceled which we expected i mean we're already in july and there has been nothing on the books for the mlb until it's starting to start back up but you know minor leagues usually end in september so we don't have much time if even if they were going to play yeah and the biggest thing we know with minor league baseball is fan attendance it's how they make their money so no TV deals. It's probably hard to try to think. But the statement they released, which is no shocker, is that these are unprecedented times in our country. And for our organization, it's the first time in history there would be a summer without minor league baseball, said the CEO, Pat Connor. While it's a sad day for many, the announcement re- removes the most uncertainty surrounding around the 2020 season and allows two teams to begin planning for 2021 at a season for affordable family entertainment. You know, they've been around since, not what I think I saw, 1901. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's crazy because, you know, I was just thinking, I was like, man, what a year for us to start this podcast. First, we started in January. Next thing you know, there's no baseball, and this is a podcast about sports and baseball. Um, and then next thing you know, you know, we're like double-A sports podcast. Well, guess what? There's no there's no, no <laughs> minor sport. league system this year either. It's, it's a crazy thing, man. Yeah, because we were like, maybe we can hit the minor <laughs> leagues up, maybe we'll get them on the show, talk about experiences, and then we're like, oh, there's no baseball. Well, not only is the minor league <laughs> Uh, season canceled. Mexico also announced that they're canceling their season this year as well, which, you know, it happens. No shocker. It's like, well, at best, um, 
Cape Cod League might happen. Well, you know what's funny is that um, now that I saw I saw the news that the minor league did cancel a season, and I did feel bad. I was like, well, what are these minor leaguers going to do? Because they're not all going to be part of the taxi squad. Um, and they actually said that some of these guys, I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not, but they might ask for a chance to play independent ball. You know, if they're if they're going to have independent ball, I don't know. But I, I can't really imagine that many minor leaguers wanting to go to the play. And I don't know. Yeah, it's. It's a weird time, you know. They do the post have their payment through the beginning of June, so that's ended. So now, at certain minor leaguers, they're probably thinking about getting a job. But well, some of the organizations are planning on paying them. Oh yeah, there's players, through, organizations, right. but but not everyone. No. So so some of these guys aren't going to be are going to be out back. So I, I I can't wait to see what happens to them. I hope nothing but the good things. Yeah, definitely. So. All right, now it's time to deep dive into the actual details of what we got finally for this season. Yeah, so what's gonna, what is it going to be like when the season re- re- begins? Okay, so of course the biggest thing which we're all excited about is the National League games will include the DH for the first time in history. The next one is a little weird for the on... So those, these, these are all the on-field rules. The extra inning rule that begins with extra innings with a runner on second base. Yes, yes, yes. The batter or a substitute for the batter who leads off an inning shall continue to be the batter, but the previous person will go to second. Didn't they experiment this with like rookie ball or independent league or something like um, that? I think it was supposed to be single A right. and, and double A. They tried it last season. To and speed I, I, up it games. must have worked out enough for them to put it on the well, major the league ball. Biggest thing they said it was because it won't, you know, stretch out pitching. With since there's more minimal gains now, there's not 162. They don't want to like everyone be dead, and the next day got to play another game, and then you're like, "Well, we were dead tired, and it was probably a terrible game." Right. So that makes sense to try this out. So, so yeah. So the leadoff hitter. So pretty much, if you're batting five, you still get the bat. So the person who's batting fourth goes automatically to second. Okay. So a lot of people can see stuff happening, game plans. So it's gonna be very interesting. So this would be the tenth inning on. Until you know someone wins the ball game. Okay. So let's see. Still, the three batter minimum will will happen for relief pitching. So okay. that's still giving an effect this year. So. Well, I thought they might table that, you know, because like I said, with the short short staff and stuff yeah. like that, you know, you might. Well, okay. Yeah, they're still gonna go with it. Um, <laughs> prohibitions against unsportsmanlike conduct will be strictly enforced to prevent unnecessary physical contact and supports physical distancing between individuals on the playing field. Mm. Um, let's see. Players and managers should mandate physical distance from all umpires and imposing players on the playing field whenever possible. Players or managers who leave their position to argue with umps come within six feet of the umpire or opposing player or manager can be proposed of argument or endangered altercation on the field subject to immediate injection and discipline up to fines and suspensions. Oh man, that's not gonna be good. How are we gonna see the how are we gonna get excited about the yelling? What if they get a fight? What's gonna happen if they get beamed? What are the Astros <laughs> gonna do? Oh I, I think it's kind of, ooh. all right, so these are more the health and safety protocols. All right. So each club must written a action plan for COVID nineteen that gets approved by the MLB, which we all knew was coming. No spinning is prohibited. But it's not limited to saliva, sunflower seeds, and peanut seeds or tobacco at all times in club facilities and on the field. Chewing gum is permitted. Pitchers may carry a small wet rag on the back pocket used for moistures instead of them licking their fingers to try to get some grip. Okay. And then, of course, clubs must provide expanded dugouts, bullpens, and spaces at their ballparks. No shocker. Huh. The, the wet rag was interesting, but it made sense because, you know, a lot of pitchers like to lick their fingers. You think so? And so that wet rag is full of sticky tar. <laughs> and I'm just saying, like, what is on this rag? We don't know. <sighs> it could be oil. I don't know what they right. put on it. Players and umps and other field personnel should be practicing safe distance to um, possibly without limitation competitors and fundamentals of baseball. Examples is way the physical distancing without basics of the game. So pretty much when the ball's out of play, fielders are encouraged to retreat several steps away from the base runner. So. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, that that's good to know. Uh, another thing that I thought that people need to know about the start of this season is Rob Manfred. <laughs> Man. He came out today. I don't know if you've heard this. It was on the Dan Patrick show, which I cannot believe he said is on the radio. He said that there was never going to be more than 60 games a season, regardless of the negotiations. Now, that blows my mind. Very much. I can't believe he said that. Like, I'm thinking, so you're telling me, that you wasted two months of going back and forth when you knew 
very well that there was never going to be more than 60 games. And this is what we've been arguing over was the game count. Yes. If I was a player, I would feel some type of way right now. Game count and the pro rate salary was the two biggest things. So they want to play more games so they can get some more money. And Right. And now we're just wasting time because all along it didn't matter what they said. So this is crazy. This could have been just automatically mandated and had July 4th this weekend been opening day. Absolutely. If that was the case. Right. MLB missed out on this one. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, first and third base has got to stay behind the coach's box and shall not approach a base runner, fielder, or umpire on the field. Players on the opposite team should not socialize, fraternize, and come within six feet of the of others before the game, during warm-ups, or in between innings or after the game. And then there will be no pregame exchange of lineup cards. Instead, each club will input their lineup cards on a mobile application provided by MLB. That's fine. So that's all the health and safety. And then scheduling, you know, clubs will have will be able to schedule three exhibition games before the end of their summer camp. Um, clubs may consider scheduling games against their opening opponent days leading up or, you know, vice versa of regional games close. So, okay. So of course, 60 games, we all know it's going to be 40 division and the 20 interleague games in that same area. Mm -hmm. So that was very interesting. Um, all players transaction that we suspended resumed this past Friday. So that's why we have already got a first trade and some signing started happening. Um, on Sunday, every club had to submit at least a list up to 60 players for the possible pool play, the 40-man roster, and then, of course, 20 others. So by t- noon, the first day of the regular season, so that's going to be July 23rd, opening day roster is going to be 30 players with a minimum of 25. The maximum extra roster will be reduced from 30 to 28 on the 15th day of the season and then from 28 to 26 on the 29th day of the season. And then there shall be no expanded rosters in September. Okay. There will be no limitation of pitchers on the active rosters like it was going to be for a regular season. So they can carry as many pitchers as they want. Um, a bit of a double hair takes place while the active roster limits 26. Both clubs will allow to have one other player. All right. Well, speaking of opening day, uh, the first game or the highlighted game anyways is the Nationals against the Yankees, I believe. That's rumored. Rumored. Oh, so it's there's, not official yet. No, there's no official yet. We figure, I figured since today's was everyone report, we were going we to get schedule. Kind of schedule, yeah. Um, so the club is permitted to carry up to three additional taxi squad players when the club pool is on the road. If the club elects to carry the three additional players, at least one of them must be a player that who was designed prior to the season as a catcher. So you're allowed to carry a catcher and then two other players when you go on the road. Okay. So, um, of course, we already said last week, August 31st is going to be the trade deadline, and then September 15th is going to be the postseason eligibility deadline. Injury reserve is still going to be standard the 10-day or 45. Um, the COVID-19-related injuries will allow for placement that is not required to be confirmed a positive test for COVID-19. A player must be placed on a COVID-19-related IL based on the positive tests, confirm exposure, or a player exhibit systems require self-isolation. So, That's a lot to go through, man. It is. It's, so each day, unless their temperature exceeds 104, they will be tested. Okay. Um, no matter the day, sent home. If they're, I guess, above, they'll be required to take their own temperature before coming to the ballpark. Anyone with a fever is told to stay away. It's like a lot of details. It's like crazy. So this is the things that we want to talk about. First things first, how do we feel about the DH to the National League? You know, when I first heard the thought of DHs being brought to the National League, I was not with it. I was like, no, I like my guys who can rake. You know, I, I don't remember all the guys who could hit uh, nowadays, but I think, like, Zambrano, one of the Cubs pitchers at the time was always a good hitter. I can't remember yeah, who it was. Zim- oh, yeah. Zito or, or some, one, of those, one of those guys. Some, yeah. And then, uh, you know, you got Bartolo Colon, you know, making history, <laughs> and you got other guys who could rake. I think Bumgarner is a pretty Bumgarner's, decent hitter. hitter. Yeah. Um, so, with that being said, I was like, man, I, I like seeing the pitchers hit. But at the end of the day, I kind of like it because I feel like it, it excites the game when you have another guy in there who's not an automatic out. I like it. I like having a DH in there because you have a guy who's in there. His only sole purpose is to, is to hit. Um, so so it's no longer like a number nine guy. Like, oh, yeah. it's, it's the bottom lineup. This is an out. Let's move on to the next guy. So it's not a guaranteed out. I like it. 
Yeah, I'm with it. You know, it's going to help keep pitchers healthy while also allowing consistent play style, especially with interleague in the future. So, um, meanwhile, NFL, uh, NL club clubs need to figure out who they're going to play. But teams so far, like you know, the Dodgers, the Reds, Mets, Brewers, and Cardinals had a stockpile of some extra hitters. Now they have that extra spot where they can have a hitter exactly. play every day, exactly without being a, just a bench, you know, a bench bat or something like. Oh, you're going to play, right? Well, you know, I feel like in our situation prior to the season being canceled originally or or pushed for, uh, for, further along, uh, we had like four outfielders basically going for a yeah. spot, and I was like, well, Same Cespedes the is, is yeah. healthy or something. You know, we'd like to see him hit, but I like to see the other guys out there playing too. So I like it because it's yeah. a guy, who, you know, it, it's a good job, especially if you have a guy who needs a day off. Yeah. Maybe he can get out there and get some at bats and not have to play the field. Yeah, like it, it clearly helps everyone because, um, who and especially going to the future, if this becomes legit, which everyone hearing that this is going to stick around, um, it will extend careers where you don't have to worry about. Oh, I only can sign with the AL team. Like Robinson Cano can be our DH of the future, exactly, and have you know um, Jeff McNeil take over the second base spot if if necessary. Right, and like I said, I do like this because, like you said, it extends people's careers. So you usually have guys who transition from like outfield and they might go to first base or or a catcher whose legs are gone and they go to first base or something like that. Well, if you already have a first baseman who's a stud and you can't put nobody there, what do those guys do? They can still hit. They just can't fill it like they used to. So I like the idea because now that expands. Yep. More open positions for guys to be able to go sign with the team. Yeah. Not have to go overseas, and they can still hit because yeah. they can still bring it. Yeah. So I like it. I mean, I know a lot of people don't don't see it, but I feel like if the MLB wants to get more views, more more people watching, younger crowds, they need more excitement. They got to get another hit in there. You got to have nine hitters, not eight hitters in and out. Yeah. The only thing people will worry about is that bunting will go away. But I'm like, mm, somewhat maybe. Well, look, if a team wants to play small ball and they got the guys who are talented enough, they're going to get down a bunt. That shouldn't be a, yeah. that shouldn't be a thing. If you guys can play the game and you want to play it that way, then you got to be trained to play it that way. You can't just go out there with an idea of I'm going to hit a home run every time. If you guys if you guys got guys out there that are quick and can lay down the bunt, go for it. Yeah, so like t- teams like Chicago has got to debate if they're going to keep Kyle Sorsberg in the outfield or he's going to be their DH. Exactly. And then like Philly's going to have to re- how they're going to rotate Andrew McCutcheon and Jay Bruce between outfield and DH. Look, and from my experience, man, when I watch games and I see a pitcher lay down a bunt, some of those guys are good, but a lot of the guys just get out still. They pop it up. They, they have three chances, and on the don't third try, the runner. Exactly, and on the third chance, they still don't lay down a bunt. They get contact, and it's a foul ball. And it's automatic out. So that's not a that's a non factor for me. Yeah. I think it just expands, like I said, it's going to give Jay Bruce opportunity, which he didn't get last year, to play more because he can be that bad because he's a great hitter, fielder, not that great. So we'll see. Definitely. I hope it works I, and it goes continue. I think it's going to be a done deal in the future. Yeah. Uh, the next one is the adjustments of the new extra inning rule. So at least in theories, you know, don't get deep. Fewer chances injuries should spare teams from having to play worse, you know, games. But uh, where the new rule – you know, how they do business. So, for example, man on second, is that next first batter is going to bunt and get the man to third with one out? Well, that would that would uh, definitely silence the haters if they do play small ball there because, well, yeah, why wouldn't you? If you don't start with any outs, you have zero outs, you have a guy on second, your job as the leadoff batter is to advance that runner. I don't care what you do. If you got to lay down a bunt, so be it. If not, you better hit a long out so he can advance something. Um, yeah, I absolutely think that'll be in play. This will definitely go and play more, I feel like, later into the season. Like, okay, this game, we need this game. Oh, yeah. Lay that bunt down so we can get this man in and be done. Yes, I agree. Um, I'm not too sold on the guy starting out in a second. I understand that why they're doing it. Um, but, you know, baseball starts out with nobody on. You got to earn it. Yeah. Um, starting a guy on second, there could be a wild throw. Boom, that's game. I don't know. There's a lot of things that can happen. And then it'll definitely give some players with very fast legs opportunity to be a pitch runner. Absolutely. In that position, like, look, you're not playing today, but you guys the wheels. You go to second. Yeah, it makes me think of, like, uh, in, the, in the Mets, if they were in a situation like last year, the year before, or something like that, if we ever had a guy who let off on second and could be a pinch runner, I think it would be a perfect spot for, like, a Juan Lagares or something like that. Somebody who doesn't get a lot of playing time, but is quick. So, yeah, so, you know, some clubs will, you know, will definitely probably be working on those bunting drills probably before game starts. I don't know, man. I don't know if they're going to on those drills. But. Yeah. To minimize the risk of coronavirus spreading out of control, MLB, of course, set the rules so no spitting. The pitchers with a wet rag, like you already said, like what happens if something else is in there? Absolutely, and I would not put it past them. There's going to be something, in, some substance besides that. 
you know, the extra space in dugouts and bullpens. Like, how big can this get? Especially the bullpen. You can, we going to tear down a wall? I can't. I can't imagine a game going on with nobody spitting seeds or tobacco because I know that's what they really got in there. I don't know, man. It's going to be wild. Yeah. Uh, and especially, watch out. I can't wait to see somebody come out with a, with a yeah. rag, man. Come on. And then the players and coaches arguing with the umpire. That's one I cannot wait. They're going to make fun of that one. Six feet. I can't wait to see that. He's going to get right up there like, oh, six feet. <laughs> right? Man, that's one that's going to be very interesting. So, yeah, this season with the rules, you know, at least it's baseball. We're getting baseball. Yes. But it's like, wow, like these rules, like DH, great. The extra inning, we'll see how it works, like how much of a factor it will, like will in games like literally bottom of the 10th or will they both score one run and got to keep going each inning? And I want you guys to call it right now. Who are you picking to win the World Series? I don't want to hear it six, 30, 40 games in. I want to hear it right now. Also, are you going to count this as a real, a real win? For the World Series champions? I would. I do, too. But a lot of people are talking about asterisks here and there. They, they're saying it now until their team wins. Let the, yeah. let the Yankees win this year, and let's yeah, see how many people you will are calling hear 28 for asterisks. forever, but exactly. by God, if they lose, that didn't count. I'm, right. I'm saying the Yankees win. Everybody, we're not going to live it down. We're not going to live it down. But if the Mets win, everybody's just going to hate, say, oh, 60 games. Especially if the Yankees get to the World Series and lose. Oh, that would be so bitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be so bitter. Like, that didn't count. We got chipped again. Astros yep. cheated. Yep. <laughs> uh, oh, oh but everybody will be upset if the Astros win. Oh, yes. God. So if the Astros win, <laughs> I can just imagine there's going to be like a super asterisk next to that. Can we put two asterisks next to that title? Because I, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm not putting an asterisk next to anything, but if the Astros win, I probably would be on that train. I'm like, yeah, F the Astros. Oh, man. Sorry, Astros fans, but, you know, you guys have it coming. Yeah. Uh, so next is um, one thing they are still negotiating is MLB and MLBPA is the unresolved player contract issues. Okay. So, you know, MLB and MLB still were negotiating rather contract issues ahead of the schedule of 2020. So Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reported the two sides need to hammer out what to do with contract options, bonuses, among other issues, vesting options that would become partially sore subject with two sides trying to figure out the middle ground due to the restriction of games. So biggest thing is the biggest example, for example, is using Cardinals reliever Andrew Miller. The league wanted to reduce the, his vesting interest from $12 million to 4.4. Of course, players rejected that. But because of agreement in March, MLB is backing off one to reduce the option salary. Remaining issue because the vesting option requires a certain number of games for the conditions to be met. Using Miller's option, for example, he pitched 110 games last season and in 2020 combined, if he appeared in 73 games last year, he would need 37 games this year or 23% of 162 games. The league might argue that the new target should be 23% of 60 or or 14 games. So that's the one thing wow. they need to argue out. Yeah, yeah, they got to hash that out. I mean, I don't see the owners or whoever's on that side wanting to agree to only having to appear in 23 games or 14 games or whatever the case may be. Um, cause they're, they're, you know, that's not really a workload when you think about it. Yeah. So, so, you know, if you do the math, the league will play 122 of the possible 300 games between the two seasons, the percentage, you know, it's gonna be very, the two where Miller stands, it's, you know, it's close. So they're, they're looking to address the issue definitely before, you know, but who's going to give in? So, well, the way I'm seeing it, it doesn't really freaking matter. Sounds like the owners are, are, aren't giving in to anything. Manfred even said, like you said earlier, we're talking about this. I mean, he said, there's no, no matter what was happening, there's not going to be anything over 60 games. And I'm sure the owners knew this because Manfred works for them. So, who, think, who do you think is going to win? Come on, man. It's, it's a lopsided right now. Yeah, definitely. It's favoring the owners. So, all right. And next thing we got going on is uh, now that the season is starting back up officially. And we all knew this was coming. There are players who are starting to opt out right now. Yeah, that's why we waited an extra day to do this podcast, because today was the day pretty much all the teams were supposed to report. So we're like, we would hear something by now. Who's coming? Who's not? Who's on the fence? And there are four players that have already said they are not playing this year. And it's funny is what I tell now is that three out of the four players are nationals or, or they were nationals. Yeah. So we know you got Ian Desmond, former national and current Rockies, has said he's not going to play. 
uh, Mike Leak of the Diamondbacks. He said, and then of course Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Rosh of the Nationals both decided not to play as well. Right. I think Zimmerman's issue was something along the lines of uh, his mom or somebody was his, sick. His family because he's got a new kids. Okay. And, and just all yeah. the whole, you know. Um, and plus, he lives in D.C. It's not like where he rents and you know, he gotcha. can go up there. He actually lives there. Right. Um, and, and like you said, Ian Desmond. So he was one of the first guys to say he wasn't going to play this year, um, which isn't that big of a deal. I mean, he, he's a little bit past his prime. Um, but the news with that is that the team signed Matt Kemp because of this. Yeah, the Rockies. Yeah. So, so that's so that, so that's pretty big news though. I mean, so this so the more the people that are opting out, the more chances for free agents to get signed, and also for minor leaguers to step up. Yeah. So it's gonna be if anyone else like the one person a lot of people were wondering was um, God, Mike what? Trout. No. Um, <laughs> if Mike Trout <laughs> sits out this one out, you guys might as well call this season uh, a, Rizzo. Call a rap. Oh, okay. Because he's you know he former cancer and stuff. Yes. He's high risk. A higher risk. He said he's playing. Right. Well, I mean, like I said, this is okay for now. There's only a couple players, but the more people start opting out, you really have to start reevaluating the teams and what their positions. Like Alan said, we have uh, Mike Leake, who's our who's a pitcher for the Diamondbacks. He's already said he's not playing this year. If we actually get some like like Verlanders or Strasburgs or something like that saying they're not playing. I mean, that team's outlook completely changes. Yeah, like Leak is a pitcher. Joe Ross was possibly a back-end starter, reliever for the Nationals. Desmond's their outfielder, you know, older vet. And Ryan Zimmerman probably would have played DH he, this year. DH most likely, yeah. For, or first base, but I think DH would DH have been, better would have been spot. more of his spot, yeah. Absolutely. With occasional starting, you know, in the field and stuff. But, yeah, he would more probably been at bat. So speaking next with prospects, there was prospects, which we knew – Added to the sixty-man pool. Yeah, yeah. So some of them close to the majors, which some are not shocking. Is like first is like uh, Luis Roberts, center, you know, center fielder for the White Sox. Everyone expect he was going to make his debut this year. Um, Nate Peterson of the Blue Jays, their number six. He had turned heads on spring training, hundred miles an hour fastball. Might not have broke, you know, the summer camp, the rotation, but he probably won't be there much longer after after that. Right fielder with the Angels, Joe. Adele, he did struggle with his promotion last year, but he might not be quite ready to contribute, but we don't know. You know, Tigers, they're pitching. They're Matt Manning, Casey Maz, um, Tarek uh, Stubble. All three starters are most likely probably reach the rotation this year. Good chance with this pandemic. Yeah, yeah this is a great opportunity for pitchers to start getting looks. Because, uh, like you said, it's a short season. Who knows what's going to happen? It's kind of like a wild card season. So, if you think these guys are going to get up there eventually or soon, or they're close, it's time to put them up there because their their time to get called up yeah. it might be now. Yeah, and that's the thing with Tigers with their number one pick is they might as well bring them up to the pool so you can start working on third base. Since you know that's their goal is to play them at third, why not? Yeah, and another one that stuck out to me. Um, was the Mets. They're still considering Tim Tebow no, getting on the team. There's no point. And I'm thinking, look, as much as I want to Not root- with the signs they did, <laughs> I don't think so. As much as I want to root for him, I don't think he's ready to be put on the squad, and he might never be. Um, if anybody saw, see him play, if you ever see him play, maybe he could do a pinch hit or DH, but he's not that good to do it. He can hit a fastball, but he's still got a lot to work on. Yeah. Um, Christian um, Pace, center fielder for the Braves, a lot of people thought he was going to make team, but then when they signed Ozuna, it's like, well, then he just lost his spot. But now with the DH, Ozuna could be DH, and they still bring him up. So, you know, with him, um, it's Narte and Acuna in the outfield is pretty stacked for the – and then Forrest Whitney, you know, the top pitching prospect for the Astros could possibly replace Garrett Cole and Wade Miley leaving. So he could be up there real quick. Um. And then further away, the first one is the number one prospect, Wander Franco of the Rays, made the 60-man pool. Okay. Very young. You know, he hasn't played above A ball, but everyone says this guy is highly graded, like one of the top rated above, like even Mike Trout was graded. Wow. So a lot of people expect a lot. So him maybe playing with the guys at yeah, home. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think – a guy like that who is that talented and they think so highly of him, he might actually excel in the major leagues because think about it. You get down to rookie ball and double A, you're seeing a lot of guys who are still wild. You're seeing a lot of iffy and this and that. But when you get to the majors, it's pretty clean. Like everything's there. Like 
it's it's you're gonna be you're gonna hit better there than you are gonna in this in the lower yeah. levels. And you think it's gonna be roughly we'll say what twenty seven players at first can stay at home if you're on the road to still work out and yeah. play interleague games. So well, with these guys, what are they doing? Like since minor leagues are canceled, are they just working out in the clubhouse? Like what's They're happening? Working out at the stadium. How are they gonna get playing reps? games? They're playing, playing squad games, g- and games. Squad game? yeah. Uh, man, it's gonna be an interesting year for that. Yeah. Uh, Joey Bart, the catcher for the Giants. Uh, Giants have four catchers in their pool. Two of them are veteran minor leaguers, and, of course, Buster Posey and then Joey Bart. So we'll see what they do with that. Um, It's just, you know, these players, you know, are not really shocking. And then the one player, you know, I did not want to give up from the Mets, uh, Jared um, Cole. God, I'm terrible with names sometimes. Kalenic, yeah, <laughs> you know he was the main piece who Seattle wanted with the Robinson Cano and Diaz trade. Um, with just twenty one games above a ball, but you know with Haggard's injury, Malik Smith being protected, he might be considered giving him a spot if they're you know it's a weird season. Yeah, man. If I was looking for for talent, I think I'd I'd see who the best guys are, who the prospects are, who I think's going to make it, who's who's going to bring me something I need now, and I would just go ahead and go for it. And who's going to end our drought? Because you know Seattle right. has the longest drought right now. So okay. And the next thing you know we got to talk about, which you know, I guess since season start up, and then like what's going on with these some of these players that we have talked about before it shut down is injuries. Yeah, I mean, we so yeah, when the season was starting, was about to start originally, like you know, after spring training 1.0, we were getting news like uh, guys like Aaron Judge was hurt, and other guys were, were tearing their arms getting Tommy John. Even uh, the Mets, uh, we had some issues. Oh, uh, it was with Syndergaard. So yeah, where are we at with this, and how close are they to so starting? The biggest one is still Aaron Judge. We heard a couple weeks ago before this was possibly the season is they still don't know where he's at with it. So you know, the big one with his crack rib. Apparently suffered in September, you know, and come March still hasn't healed really. Let's give it a couple of weeks, and there still is no update. And then Corona happened, um, so there's not a little more details. So maybe when they officially start working out, getting details, getting the, you know scans, we'll probably know by next week. But most likely, you know, Stanton and Aaron Hicks will most likely that was going to miss the original start of the season is probably going to start now because they probably healed. Well, my thing with Judge is even if he does heal his rib, he still can't hit without cheating. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I hope that's not the case, but when me and Alan were looking at the the numbers the other day when they were talking about the Yankees were sign-stealing in this time and this whatever, the numbers didn't lie. Aaron Judge was hitting less than 100. He was like a 0.96 batting average. That's not good. Um, so... Yeah, man, I'm I'm interested to see what happens when these guys come back and see yeah. what happens if there's no Stein stealing this year and see who's actually going to be good. Yeah. If you guys think the Yankees or the Astros are still going to be contenders or the, or the Red Sox, let us know because I don't know. There could be other teams that are, that are cheating or that were cheating, but if this is a problem that's fixed now and these guys really aren't as good as the numbers suggest they are when they were cheating, what's going to happen this year? Yeah. So, like, you know, Verlander would have missed the start. He's most likely good to go. Paxson, which we thought, you know, midseason he might come back. His back, that should be good to go. Cole Hamels of the Braves, his shoulder should be healed. Um, Cespinus, most likely his heels should be good to go. So, DH might be most likely for him. And then Nick Swizzle of the Reds, his shoulder should be healed. So, you know, likely to miss the start of the season is Mitch Hanger. The Marlins tore a ductor muscle, so he might miss part most half the season. A lot of people here in the course – our pitchers, you know, Chris Sale, Syndergaard, Serino, James Talon, Chris Archer, you know, most of them all Tommy John besides Archer with the um, the outlet surgery. So, well, yeah, like I said, man, with these guys that are injured, this is the opportunity for the young guys to step up, show what they got, and maybe earn a spot. Yeah. So, and then, of course, we'll see when they start working out, who's actually been in shape, who's going to... Pull a hammy, working out first day. Yeah, who, who's in shape or whose thumbs are going to hurt from playing too much Fortnite or whatever they were playing? Yeah, because I know I know Nationals, <laughs> I saw they posted that July 3rd is their first workout. Okay. So I'm assuming the next day or two we'll start seeing more people posted, you know, workout day. 
Well, that's crazy that they're going to start working out right around the 4th of July when most people are going to be at home. Well, they only get three weeks. I know. I know. I laughed at Andrew, Andrew McCutcheon's tweet. Did you see that? I, I vaguely saw it. Yeah. Thought he was feel like Will Smith runs to his rental apartment with no furniture, nothing in it. Yeah, I saw I saw the picture and I saw him reference you know, Will it Smith. It really didn't give much players. They had like a week to get their affairs in order and yeah. go. So if they didn't live in that city. Well, hey, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, these guys should have been ready to go. They said when and where, when and where. Yeah. <laughs> so the next thing we are talked about is the schedule. You know, 40 games in the division, 20 games in the league. So like, for example... You know, NL East will play AL East, you know, Central, yeah. you know, Vice versa West. So, and then exhibition games, they're allowed to play at the three. So, most likely, say, like Mets versus Yankees, or say Mets open up against Philly, they can play Phillies like a game before okay. starting. They, they don't have to play the games, but if they want to, they're only allowed three. I think they need to. Yeah. I think inner squad is one thing, but you're going to know your players. So you got to get that guessing. You got to get the feel for the game. So, and then my thing is, I think going over everything, if you break it down, we have the hardest schedule. Okay. Because if you think about it, AL East and NL East will have the hardest schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Those if tough you, divisions. Your divisions are tough. They are. You're looking at possibly who can be in the playoffs in your divisions already between both divisions. And then now you have to play each other. If you break it down after the wildcard games, the top eight playoff teams last year, four of them are from, from these divisions. Wow. And then, really, if you think about it even more, the defending champs and then Yankees lost to the Astros in the ALCS. This is right. So, and then a lot of people like the Rays. They do. And you don't know what the Blue Jays are going to do. I like what the it's Blue Jays like, were doing in the offseason. And then our division, you know, Atlanta won the division our last year. Our division's tough. Everybody except Nationals for the Nationals defending champs. Philly yeah. could be. And then stack us. Stack squad. Stack squad. We're three games from the wild card spot. So, it's going to be interesting. You hear that, guys? So when the Mets win the World Series, I don't want to hear nothing about no asterisks. We're in a tough division. So it is a very, <laughs> like, when they when they finally released it, I was like, wow, this is going to be interesting. Well, that's fine. You know, I'm glad to hear some wild card kind of situation scenario where we're playing all these random games and, and just different schedules. Um, as long as we got baseball to watch, man, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, so the biggest thing I want to see when the schedule comes out is, like, so there's going to be two games pretty much per Non-division opponent, if you okay. think about it, right? Okay. No. Two, four. Uh, There's five teams. Yeah, four. So is it going to be like two at their home, two at our home, or it's going to be all four one place? we got to see because it's a traveling <sighs> schedule. I, I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I would think it would be split, but realistically, like you said, with the travel schedule and the coronavirus, it would make more sense just to play them at one spot and then move on. Like, yeah, like, okay, you're going to play Yankees at home. And then you're gonna get Red Sox um, away. You're gonna get Blue Jays. You know, Cause, yeah, because you have more of a chance to catch something if you keep going back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense. They might they might do it that way. They might keep them all like, in one spot. Mets and Yankees probably be the only example since it's just cross town. Right. But traveling, it might be different. So the next thing, like we were talking about, is free agents that could be signed now. Of course, the biggest name I think is Puig. Puig. Yeah. Puig's definitely, he's definitely got a, a chance Which to get signed. A lot of people was, were kind of weird that he didn't get signed over Matt Kemp. I would have absolutely signed Puig over Matt Kemp. Especially I mean, depend- in Colorado. Right, depending on, on his attitude issue, but Matt Kemp's good and all, you know, but, you know, I'm just thinking every time I drafted him in fantasy baseball, like, I don't know how long ago that was, six, seven years ago, he never did anything for me. He has been good, but... Out of those two, I like Puig. I like what Puig has. He can throw people. He can gun people out from right field to third, and he can hit for sure. Yeah, he's got. He's like, got good skills. You know, teams that could use them, like Marlins, Orioles, Tigers, but I don't see the fit because they're more rebuilding, and Puig probably wants to win, or he just needs to sign a contract to prove himself and get a contract next year. We'll see how desperate he gets. If they're not signing him now, I think they're going to wait to see what their team's going to look like at the start of the season. That are they're barring the wait. Someone gets injured, and then yeah, they might contact. Yeah, that's. Him. A, that's I mean, yeah, that's a real situation that could happen. Um, either way, I feel like he will play ball this year. I yeah. don't know somewhere, some way. Um, and then you know some other names out there like Scooter Gennett. You know, he was an 18 All Star, hit 310. Of course, was injured most last year, but only hit 227. So you know he's limited to second base. So the utility role. Um, Fernando Rodney, he's 43, but still can throw hard. But his ERA last year was terrible. Um, and then, like, Aaron Sa- Sanchez, you know, hasn't been to what he what he was since, what was it, 16, I believe. 
when he had that great ERA, made the um, All Star game. Yeah, sixteen. Matt Harvey. <laughs> yeah, Harvey's out there. Well, what, um, yeah. one that could be possibly soon now is Jason Vargas. Okay. The inning eater, especially if you know Joe Ross leaving the Nationals, yeah. that could be easily pick. Yeah, no, I, and, and especially since they're familiar with him because he was in, he's played for the Mets, so that they, uh, the Nationals have seen him play. They know what he brings to the table. He's definitely a good pitcher, so I can absolutely see Vargas signing with the Nationals, given that Ross is going to sit this one out and they yeah. could use somebody like that. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, other than that, I think <clears throat> I think Puig is another guy who needs to get signed. Yeah. But, the, but some of those other guys you mentioned, I, I'm not sure about this year. Yeah, and then like the other one is like Andrew Kashner. Before all this happened, he said he's willing to give up the starter role and just go to bullpen. Well, that might which be something. Which he could be worth it possibly as a gamble. So Well, yeah. I mean, if, if, he's a, if he was a starter and now he wants to go to the bullpen, he could be a long reliever. And that's, some teams might yeah. need that this year. He's only 33, so, you know, it's not a bad deal. He gets taste of relief worth last year. Towards the end of the year, in which he did okay, he hit a 380 um, ERA with his still at 95 miles an hour heater. So I think and, he'll get looks, man, for sure. Yeah, you know, Angels could be uh, attempt to possibly look at him as a reliever, and then if he needs to, he could spot start. Yeah, that could a, be something you look into. Yeah, if a guy had a 3.8 ERA and he was uh, throwing 95 in last season, I think I would I'd take a look at him. And especially the contract's got to be cheap with this prorated rate. Exactly. So, like, that's what I'm wondering, because some of these players are being signed. Like, so do you uh, sign them for a regular contract and then it's prorated? Not these, not or, some of these guys. Or do you like, okay, this is what we're going to pay you, or this is the, your paycheck's going to be 60 games? That's exactly what's happening. Maybe that's why Puig hasn't signed. Maybe he cares too much about the numbers, um, because I'm thinking if somebody's going to— I wanted 10 million, so— Exactly. I, I want—so prorated, what, five? And he'd be like, no. Yeah, and if I was yeah, if I was a guy signing you, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to get you for this cheap amount this year if you prove yourself— we can talk about something long term next season, but for now, you got to play, and I don't got to pay you. <laughs> a lot of people are thinking Giants. Okay, I mean, that it could, could be happen. a spot. We heard that beforehand, but they're still kind of rebuilding, so we're not sure with that. Well, but. as far as we know from the Giants, they always want to be contenders every even year. Or so, so they they haven't been in it for a couple of years ever since Lincecum was uh, still there. So I think they need to. Yeah, they they it could, could be a possibly look at maybe could be. So we'll see with some of these, you know, if they sign, who signs, you know. Just stay out of the NL East, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So MLB.com decided starting today to get you a little pumped up for the season. They're doing a four-hour stream each week of some of the today's top players. All right. So um, watch a little bit today. It was pretty much just highlights of last season, you know, just get you ready if you're not doing nothing. But um, pretty much, you know, it's a four-hour stream, clocked in full of must-see moments featuring the stars, uh, so, like, this week was focused on the MVP winners, Mike Trout and Cody Bellinger, as well as DeGrom was, you know, back-to-back Cy Young winner. And then also they threw in some other players there at the end. So, but it's mostly just all highlights of their, you know, their big performances. I like it. That's a great idea. Especially every week on Wednesday from perfect. 1 to 5. Okay, and this is great, especially for young kids, because if you're a young kid and you want to play ball, especially professionally, it's it's important to know the history, and you need to watch these guys play and see what they've done and what they've accomplished. I like it because it's, it's going to get you in the right mindset, and then you can go out there and conquer it yourself. That's a good idea. Yeah, and then, of course, we're going to have Pete Alonso and um, Jordi Aldrez, the rookies. You know, So it's just going to go through. And then, of course, your younger stars, your Vlad, your Boshi, um, Tatis Jr. before he got hurt. It's, those are going to be full of people, the young, old, and the young pitching Jack Flaherty and Walker Bueller are all is going to be added through there to show the promise of what the season can hold. I like it. So, speaking of this season, you know, you don't think, you know, we got to think about records. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you think about it, could we have a 400 hitter this year? <laughs> There's a strong possibility with those limited games, they can mess up. Yeah. I, I think. There's a good possibility for something like that. Um, I mean, there are other milestones that are going to be that could be reachable this year. I don't know if they are. Yeah, there are some that are definitely reachable. Um, so the first person definitely has two of them this year. Okay, Albert Pujols. Yeah, Pujols is on my list of a milestone reacher. I don't know if one of those. If we're talking about the home run record, so his two milestones this year that he can do is passing Willie Mays for fifth all time for home runs. And also passing A-Rod for RBIs for second. Right. Well, how many home runs does he need? So he enters 2020 with 656 homers. He's just four shy away from tying 
Willie Mays for fifth in history. Okay. Well, I absolutely think he will break that, that one, record. Yeah. The one I'm thinking when I think of pool holes, I'm thinking of getting 700. Number 700. Right. Yeah, that's but, not But yes, if you're talking about moving up the list, yeah. he should absolutely do that. And then he's 11 shy of RBIs to pass A-Rod for second. Naturally, those will come together. Yes, yeah. I think. But So what do you guys think? I think this season, pool holes breaks both those. Yeah, I'd definitely see him break, unless barring an injury. That's about it from stopping from doing those. And I think he'll strictly be DH unless some for some reason they want oh, to play yeah. first base. Because I'm just thinking Shohatani's out there still yeah, the healthy only, now. He'll probably play first base on certain days when Otani be DH. Or if Otani pitches. That'd that would be, be another, that would be nice. That'd be another because he said they are going to pitch on one day a week. Great! I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see this guy bring Everyone it. Everyone soon because you know Tommy John's been fully healed now. He should be good to go. And like other pitchers like um, Kopex and Rendon for um, White Sox, most likely should be ready to go some point in the season. They're saying all so. I'm, a lot of these Tommy John people were to come back this year. They said they most likely are still coming. All back. I'm saying, man, is when Showtime was signed and he, I saw what and he that, could. Rookie year, I man. saw what he could do. I wanted more. That's all I can say. I was like, I want to see this guy, man. I want and to see we more. Were of like, him. we got to go watch this guy. Absolutely. Like, we were like, yes. when did they play? We in still Baltimore? do. Yes, we still do. We need will to do this. Hopefully next year. Um, so <laughs> speaking of, of Angels, there's another guy I think has a good chance to hit some milestones. Yes. Mike Trout. Mike Trout. He gets to hit number 300 home run this year. 300. He hits 15 more home runs. He'll become the 11th player to reach 300. By the end of his 28th season, 28th season. What sucks for him because it's a short season because we knew he was going to crush that record. And now that it's a shortened season, he's definitely going to get it if he only needs 15. I can't imagine him not. And just remember, this could be another line of compliments on the page for Trout, who already has more war than all but 56 position players ever. Wow. Look, man, I, I don't know. You guys, if you guys don't know by now, he is my favorite player. And I just wish he was playing for the Mets. And it sucks he plays <laughs> on the West Coast. Exactly. We're on the East Coast. So when his game starts, it's already 10 o'clock. But you know what, man? It is definitely worth it watching the living legend. Guys who yeah. go down to the Hall of Fame is one of the best, if not the best. Yeah. And then another one. There's a couple other ones, but I don't think there was no one except for uh, this last one was, I think, is reachable. Like um, one that could possibly get was Lesnar needs 10 wins and possibly 12 starts. Okay. That'd be hard. I'm like, ugh. That, yeah, yeah, that's not that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Scherzer getting close to 3,000 strikeouts? He needs like 200 and something. So if he needs he a, a whole full, season. If he had a full season, season yeah, he probably could have got it. Okay. Uh, somebody else is getting close to 2,500 strikeouts. That's Kershaw. my last person is Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw. 2,500 strikeouts and beyond. He will enter the year with 2,464 career strikeouts, putting him 36 away from the 2,500 mark. Well, he'll get that. Yeah. So he passed last last year. He passed Sandy Koufax with strikeouts for third most in Dodgers history ah. and routes is twenty five. He will pass also Don uh, Drysdale for second place once he gets what's that twenty two more strikeouts. Okay. And then the lead top spot is Don Sutton, who has two thousand six hundred ninety six for Dodgers. So. Just say just 10 lefties in Major League Baseball has accomplished the 2,500 strikeouts. Most recently, joined by Cole Hamels last year, John Lesnar could follow Kershaw's milestone if he enters the season with 2,355. So he most likely will probably be next year, too. Yeah. So, and that's pretty much it. Like, and there was who, yeah, Scherzer was up there, but I'm like, he don't have the room, Lesnar, and then um, Melky Cabrera had one, but he, with the shortened season, it was nowhere near, I think, okay. possible. So those are the th- three big players to watch out for milestones this year. All right. Well, that brings us to our next topic, which is a fun one. <laughs> the Oakland A's. <laughs> MLB player teams, you need to do this. Not just Oakland. Everyone needs to do this if you want to make some of your money up. The Oakland A's fans will not be, of course, watch the game like most everyone in the stands. But team announced Tuesday people can pay to have the cardboard cutouts of themselves in the ballpark for games. And it, it gets better. So not only are you going to have yourself as a cutout in the game, if a foul ball hits you, they're going to mail that ball to you. Yeah. So there's two options. You can get an $89 you know, cutout regular, or the special foul ball cutout is $129. And, anything, and of course, at the end of the season, you're allowed to come pick it up. But what's the special whatever... Special cutout. It's that's the one you can get the ball. Oh, for. so you can't get it if you have a regular cutout. Yeah, if, ah. if you pay the ninety dollar ball one, you don't get the ball. But if you pay 
forty more dollars, you get to keep all balls that hit your seat. I'm paying it and put me in a nosebleed or something because you know what? They're gonna get <laughs> if I what if I get like ten balls at the end right? of the year? That'd be sweet. And of course, Oakland A's um is donating all this money to the community fund. That's cool. Good for so, them. And the fans, of course, who buy and also with this thing, the fan who buys a cutout, I guess the regular one too, gets two tickets to the first exhibition game at the new Coliseum. Oh. Coliseum next year. Well, that's worth it alone. You get it. So, so first so you of get all, two tickets next year. Okay, so you get two tickets, which are well worth the ninety dollars, probably, even if it's an exhibition game. And then not only that, you can get a chance to have your face on TV as a cutout as a fan, and you can get a foul ball. That, and if there's for some reason no rain and your cardboard makes it through, you have something to throw in your garage or whatever. Are they going to give it to you? Yep. You can come pick so you get, after the season. Oh, so look, this is, sounds like a win-win, super win situation to me. So you, not only is your cardboard there, you get all these chances, you get tickets, you get this and that. You get to keep it at the end of the year, yeah. season. That's crazy. And so how do they do it? You just got to send in a picture So or pretty much you buy it. Yeah, they'll send you a link where you upload a picture, and they'll print it out for you and throw you in the stands. Can I get on that? What's up? Right, like far away, let's just buy one. <laughs> Dude, that'd be sweet. Hey, so, I like that you know, idea. Um, while it won't be the same without you there, we're excited to highlight the best fans in baseball doing this memorable season. The A's president, Dave, said in the message team, I hope more teams do this. Hey, man, I like it. And I do hope more teams do it. If the Nationals are t- talking about doing it, hey, sign me up. Can I wear my Mets stuff? Can I wear my Mets jersey and, and if the Nationals did it? Dude. Right. We're always home anyways there. Um, yeah, dude. Hey, that sounds like a good idea. Um, but before we get close this, I had this one thought that came to mind. I was on a Facebook forum and uh, like the baseball groups, or whatever, and they were talking about who's the most like underrated players. And one name came to mind. It was Al Kaline. He's such a great oh, yeah, player, I saw your post. but nobody talks about him. Like yeah. his his numbers are crazy. So if you guys are watching, who do you think is one of the most underrated players you've seen? Yeah. Or not seen. I haven't seen Al Kaline play, but who he's underrated as far as I'm concerned because I yeah, never hear he his name. Was, yeah. The only time I heard his name was like it was mixed with another player's name on Hey Arnold, Mickey Kaline, <laughs> Mickey Man on Al Kaline. Anyways, I just thought that was fun. Yeah. So you know it is interesting to finally get some baseball. Hopefully soon. You know they're going to be working out in a couple weeks. There'll be exhibition games, which almost certainly won't be on TV. So maybe news reporters there can maybe report something after the fact. Well, it might not be on TV, but I guarantee it'll be all over Sports Center, all over MLB Network because they got, finally have something to talk about. And and really, they're going to be the first team to start because yeah. MLB starts the the following week. You mean in, NBA? NBA? Yeah, yeah. Well, if the NBA can even do it, there's a lot of people concerned about this, and I don't know, man. And I'm hoping that this isn't like spring training 2.0 to coronavirus 2.0. I, I hope we see something happen. Yeah. So let's hope. Um, so we'll be off next week for Fourth of July. Yeah, Alan is I'm going on vacation. Sorry, guys. If you see, if you're out in Pittsburgh, come look me up. But you know, if there is some breaking news, I'll probably hop on the podcast real quick to say something. But not, not most likely. But um, so please, you know, like, share, and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, you know, share everyone. You know, with multiple Spotify, yeah, Spotify, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and then Apple. also, if you want to support the channel, we have a Patreon link. We give away, send stuff. Get stuff early, so we'll catch y'all next time. Y'all stay safe. Do not blow up your finger like JPP. <laughs> oh, okay. We're gonna bring him into here. Hey, why not? It's Fourth of July. You know, no for- fireworks anywhere. People are ah. lighting off everywhere. So y'all stay safe. Have a good holiday. We'll catch y'all next Happy time. Happy Fourth. All right, everyone. Thank you for checking out this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Share it with your friends. Don't hog the goodness here from Double A Sports with your friends. And if you want to take that step further, please click on that Patreon link that's in that YouTube, you know, description down there. We do monthly giveaways, gifts from us if you do different tiers, and you will get most likely everything we do here at Double Sports a day early, if not more. So please share that with your friends also. We'll catch on next time. Peace. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. For the record. You ain't tryna grow then it's done for you. For the record, lab on me going all the way. For the record, ain't tryna link no time to wish.